My career sucks. Sex just isn't the same. What's my purpose? Where did this fat come from? My relationship is killing me. I'll never be happy. My debt is piling up. I'll never find love. Why can't I be like other gay guys? Hey guys, it's time to get a grip, stop whining, make a bold move, and do something amazing with your 40-plus gay life. Let's get to the show with your tell-it-like-it-is host, Rick Clemens, who does his best to never act like a dick or a diva unless you act like one first. So it may feel a little like here we are all over again in the 80s, but it doesn't have to be that way. But as gay men, suddenly we are being assaulted and it's not just gay men. Now here they are. They're coming for the LGBTQ community because <laughs> here's another virus. Here's another thing going on. Oh, guess who's causing it? Not true. Not true. Not true. But I could just say all that, but I'm not the expert. I'm not a medical doctor. I haven't been in that community. I actually have been doing my research, but is monkeypox really what everybody's saying? Are we really the guys causing all this? Is it only going to be part of the LGBTQ community? Well, we're already seeing on the news headlines and things that we've been reading. That's not exactly true, but it's not just about this. It's about this and HIV and transgender health and everything else that we're going to get on our soapbox today and really try to give you some positive guidance, guys, and some insights from somebody who has spent a great deal of time in her world. Yes, I said her, so don't freak the fuck out, boys, because we have a woman on the 40 plus gay man, gay talk podcast tonight. She is somebody who's been in restorative healthcare. She is a FNP-C. I'll let her explain that. I know what it means, but I'm going to let her kind of bring it to you. She has spent an inordinate, beautiful amount of time, 20 some odd years working in the HIV space and really supporting our community. She's a wonderful person. I can tell in the few minutes I've already got to spend with her who brings a new perspective on what is all this disease and fear and scariness that comes up between HIV, monkeypox, transgender health. Her name is Jill Baker, and I am thrilled and very honored to have you here on our podcast, Jill. So thanks for carving out time. Appreciate it. Uh, thank you, Rick. Thanks for having me. Of course. Okay, so I'm going to tell a little tale on Jill. She's like told the whole freaking family, do not interrupt us. We are having a, <laughs> a podcast. She has truly made some room, but I'm not surprised because you, it sounds like this is something that kind of is the way you do life. You're like, I'm making room for this as a, as a health coach and somebody that worked in restorative health medicine, because this is important to you. Would that be a pretty true assessment? Yes, I've absolutely had to really make some choices and stick to my guns and tell people what I, what I think and why I'm choosing it. Even when, uh, even when it was hard, even when I was being pushed in other directions and, and that continues I'm in my fifties now that continues. But, uh, I think I have been fortunate enough to stick by some pretty great decisions and then to get to work with amazing people. So your background is in healthcare and FNP-C stands for, so we can tell, really tell people you do have credentials that can talk to this. So, um. Sure. I'm a family nurse practitioner. I'm a certified family nurse practitioner in, in California. Mm -hmm. And uh, I went into, I became a nurse practitioner because I, I really believed that I wanted to help people to be their best selves in their, their own bodies. And then I, uh, when I left school, I 
worked in San Francisco for, for 22 years, mm. uh, first under Steve Follinsby, who was one of the seminal HIV providers in San Francisco, really a, a really special person and a great friend of mine. And uh, Steve really showed me the way. And so I ended up staying there for a very long time. And I'm sure you've seen the good, the bad, and the ugly on that path. I've seen so much. I, uh, I, saw, I saw many patients die early in my career. Mm-hmm. I saw people who were very sick that there was no, um, no way to make a change. And then I, I, took care of, I took care of many people early that I continued to take care of, uh, gosh, until I left mm-hmm. in December of this year, who things didn't look so good for, and then they got better. Uh, and, um, and then people over the years who, who, uh, have experienced HIV differently, who have not had to take so quite so many difficult medications have had to deal with lots of other issues, but I've definitely seen a lot of good change over those years and some things like what we're seeing with monkeypox not change. It's so interesting that, you know, you and I were talking about this before we said, okay, let's turn on the microphone and let's go. It's like, <laughs> like, I can't believe we're actually reliving some of what has already been lived from, you know, HIV and AIDS. And now here we are kind of standing on the threshold once again, because once of a lot of, again. because of a lot of misinformation, you know? Right. Um, right. So as you've come through those years, because I know part of what you bring to not only this conversation, but what you're doing now as a wellness coach and bringing a wellness class for HIV positive men is a different perspective. And I always love it when I get to talk to people in the holistic health arena, because I'm one of those people that's like, "Mm, okay, I take some pills for what I think I absolutely have to have. But as soon as I can get off them, Let's do it. Let's find other ways. And I think it's really important, even if there are guys listening right now that are living with HIV to understand, and most of them do. I mean, if you're living, quote, living with it, thriving with it at this point, you've found your pathway, but I'm always interested in, okay, but what other things can we do? How can we perceive this? Because here we are laying the groundwork for potentially monkeypox all over again. How do we do this right. better? So, right. so what's your, what's some of your driving? Like, Hey, here's just some high level driving principles to like, here's where I like to start with, you know, people who are HIV positive and help them look at things through a different lens. Sure. So first of all, I, I think it's really, imp- I think heart is really important. I think Western medicine is, is critical to, to doing well with HIV infection, but also there's some really important tenets that are that are new that are that are really proven in the scientific literature, such as the way we eat, um, and and what I'm talking about specifically is is the microbiome. And maybe you've you've heard this word, yep. you know, your microbiota, the the bacteria in your gut. There's actually data that that shows that there are changes in the microbiota uh, when you when you have HIV that actually are not good for your overall wellness. And those changes are associated with, with inflammation. Now, this isn't something that, that we think about in a medical clinic. It's not something that we talk about. There's not enough time. 
people yeah. have lots of things to worry about. But but if if one can eat really, really well, and specifically in order to do good things in their gut, and I think the foods that I, I talk about are delicious, but to do good things for your gut, to actually do better with HIV. Um, you know, it's, it's a chicken and an egg thing. It's hard to know what changes first, but this is really important. And then another piece that I talk about, there are two more. One is, one is exercise is so critical. And you've probably heard that forever, right? That maintaining your lean body mass, being muscular, having really great muscular density is associated with longevity. And we still, we know this. Yep. Yeah. It's and huge. so when it's huge, it's huge. Um, and so I think that, you know, sometimes we forget that. I think that with COVID, uh, I think a lot didn't happen. People didn't get as much health care as they needed. I think in particular that HIV community was definitely marginalized that way. People weren't getting the labs they needed. They just weren't getting things that they should have had. And so these reminders, the, these, uh, these ideas, there was no room to talk about them. And still medical providers don't really have a lot of time in their day. And so these are the kinds of things that get swept under the carpet because people are ta busy talking about labs, which are so important, but there's just more to the story than managing your labs. So I've been on my own journey, not with HIV, but with diabetes. I got diagnosed in November last year and I wasn't, I actually wasn't surprised. I put on some weight, but I also wasn't surprised because this is some heredity in my family genes. But here's what I've noticed. And okay, so here's the irony, dirty secret from Rick that I don't know if most of my listeners, I think some of them might know this because I might have talked about it, but my, my degree is actually dietetics. And wow. so I've got some insights to some of this. Don't yeah. really practice it a lot, but here's what I've <laughs> noticed when I'm like, okay, I'm going to do my best to like re-engineer and put myself on the track to, to reverse my diabetes as best as I can. It's been amazing to see because I love to exercise. I love riding my bike. I used to teach spin class. I love eating really good foods. I don't always do the best at it, but I mean, I love farmer's market, go get fresh veggies, all that sort of stuff. I mean, even, even today I was preparing dinner for my husband to cook while we we're, while we we're recording this and I diced up some carrots and squash and some different vegetables. And then I put them under a rack where the chicken breasts are just going to like, you know, cook over them and that's dinner. And we love that sort of stuff. I haven't seen my doctor yet, but that's coming up. It's coming up in a few weeks. I honestly believe that there's a good chance that I'm going to get taken off the drugs because I can feel I it in so. my body. I can, I've dropped a lot of weight. I mean, I've dropped, I believe I've dropped, I don't get on the scale a lot, but I've dropped at least 20 pounds. I know that maybe more incredible. And it's because incredible. I'm like, I'm living an active lifestyle and I am really watching. Uh, I've got a little bit into some of the gut health stuff you've been talking about, uh -huh. but I've been really watching lots of different things. Like I immediately like, okay, if I'm going to, I'm going to go find my little sugar-free chocolates that I'll take advantage of when I feel that little bit of urge, I'm not going to beat the crap out of myself about this. But I also really watch a lot of this stuff. And I think sometimes this is the stuff that people hear, you know, microbiomes and, you know, healthy eating, all this sort of stuff. And they're like, oh, I can't do that. It's too hard. 
But even as I was looking at your website and I saw on your homepage, you talk about eat beautiful food. I'm like, that's a really good way to look at it. Because when you eat beautiful food, you create a beautiful you. Totally inside and out. It's not even, I had a friend say to me, don't use the word diet. It stresses people out. They don't want to hear diet, but people want to feel good. They want to look good. They want to live a long life. And boy, that that's really the way to do it, particularly when you're dealing with diabetes or any inflammatory condition. Right. But I've also had, I have quite a few friends who are HIV positive and I have watched them implement some of the stuff that you've already talked about. And one of the greatest things I've seen, okay, yes, they are guys who are already, they're great looking. They got <laughs> their physiques are mm-hmm. great. Right. But uh, what I've seen change most for them is their mental well-being, <laughs> because suddenly they started to see, okay, this is a, you know, at the, okay. I'm not going to diminish that. It's a devastating disease. I'm going to say, okay, this is kind of devastating. But what I saw with those guys that were my friends is like, they felt like life was done. You know, it's over, you know, here we go. But as soon as they started like, okay, but I can pick up, I can, you know, get on at the time, the cocktail drugs, so to speak. Um, As soon as they shifted some of this other stuff, their mental wellness shifted, their Mm -hmm. happiness came up a whole, you know, they were so much happier. They started to have faith in themselves, you know, and of course now we live in a much more well-balanced world around HIV where, you know, undetectable. There's right. still some shame in that in our own community. Like, oh no, I, oh no. <laughs> and I, oh, that talk about get me on my, I'm sure it does get you on your soapbox too, but it's like, <laughs> oh, let's not go there. But I love that what you're talking about too pertains to kind of where we're going, even in this current craziness of other stuff that's starting to crop up. Monkeypox being one of them. Now, I, you know, now we just recently heard on the news, you know, polio floating around in this sewers in New York city. So right. how, how do you help a client like start to adapt into this when they go, like you said, diet's a dirty word. Diet's a dirty word. Uh, I think, I think what I would love to go to is first to talk about this mental health piece that right. you're stressed, you're worried, maybe your blood sugar's up, maybe you've got HIV, maybe yeah. you've got both, you know, who knows? But, but there are so many things to do to, to alleviate your, your angst. And we yep. live in a, in a time when there's so much angst and monkeypox definitely brings it on. Mm-hmm. So I like to back up a little bit and talk yep. about things like really optimizing yourself by getting enough sleep, by really watching, watching your alcohol because that impacts your sleep. So you don't you don't restore in the night. You don't restore your hormones. Your cells don't have the opportunity that they need to, to be at their best. Mm-hmm. And, and sleep and meditation are enormously helpful for stress reduction. Yeah. So we're living in a terribly stressful time. And this monkeypox thing, it's not going to go away anytime soon. Mm-hmm. And so I, I really think, you know, just thinking about that and, and what the current situation says about our society it's so important to really feel grounded to have your feet on the ground to feel safe and secure and at your best and there there are these these little lifestyle tools that help so much one of the things that's helped me the most besides really trying to watch what i'm doing Mm -hmm. is to know how i best eat 
And what I mean by that is what's my body rhythms. And so I'm a intermittent fasting guy and it oh, works so well for me. I mean, That's great. I, I don't, I mean, I'll finish eating this evening around seven 30 or eight and I don't kick back in till noon tomorrow. Amazing. But so I, you go 16. I do go 16. Now this was easy. Cause I wasn't, I'm not a big, Ooh, I got to eat first thing in the morning person to begin with. And I think it's my crazy years from teaching spin because I used to get up at like five in the morning. I was Mr. 530 <laughs> and 630 spin instructor, right? Now, after that, yes, I needed fuel because I needed to replenish myself. But I think there was something interesting there that my body and maybe it's my hospitality years that I worked in the hotel and restaurant industry. I worked such different hours that, you know, I kind of got used to like, I didn't really have to eat or my body didn't require fuel, so to speak until a certain time of day. And once I figured that out, I'm like, hey, I'm going to try this intermittent fasting thing because I think there's something there that matches to my the way my body works. And then when I'm like, okay, that's working. So now what else do I do? Like the first thing I usually have is a, a really yummy um, overnight oats with Greek yogurt and oats. That's something I just love. I love eating oh, that delicious. right out the gate. And it's crazy because... It's something too that when I wind up at the end of the evening going, okay, well, what's my last little thing I really like to eat? Uh, sometimes it will be another overnight oats because I, that's my sweet tooth. Like, Hey, this is good. Not that I put a lot of junk in it, but there's some fruit and, you know, bananas or berries or whatever. But I think this is what a lot of people, especially gay men, they miss this piece of, this is a lot easier. If you just realize I'm going to go back to your, your website again if you realize what's the beautiful food that works for you. For you, right. I mean, what you're talking about with your overnight oats, that is such perfect food. You've got incredible fiber. Right. Uh, and that feeds your your microbiome. And then you've got this these probiotics in your in your yogurt that are really critical for your immune system, for hormone regulation for mood for every system in your body and so that's that's incredible but i do have i do i have a question for you sure how sure, long did yeah. it take how long did it take for you to comfortably if there is such a thing intermittent fast for 16 hours mm, well i'm a i'm a i'm one of those i'm a determined guy so this is gonna happen this is what we're gonna do um mm -hmm. I started out like 12 to 14, but it was like within three weeks, I was at 16. Fantastic. So I, I, yeah, I did it pretty quickly. But again, I'm caveating that by saying I never was like, oh, let's wake up and eat sort of guy. Now, does that mean I don't eat breakfast sometimes? Yes. Like we, when we were on vacation in Costa Rica a month and a half ago, I'm like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to live a little bit. Right. Yeah. But what I also found is my body pretty much was like, okay, I was eating, but I wasn't like craving, you know? And so I'd eat just like, hey, we're going to go out on an excursion or something. So who knows when I'm actually going to get to do this. But even then, even on holiday, yes, I ate more than I normally would, but I also found myself getting like, I'm done. I'm My body said, you're done. You're, you're full. You're good. So That's I know it works. Great. I know where at least it works for me. I'm not saying it's for everybody, but it's something that I have found and this is something, even as I've worked with my own coaching clients, I don't do like health and wellness coaching, but inevitably this is going to be something that shows up with gay men that, you know, Hey, I'm trying to get back in the dating scene. Well, I got to lose some weight and everything. 
So then eventually we'll get on those conversations and I'll say, here's my, you know, here's what I would advise you to do. Not that I give the advice, but it's more like, well, what, what has worked for you in the past? What hasn't worked for you? Because as soon as you can align that, you know, this, as soon as you can align their, their personal values and things around either losing weight or food or whatever, as soon as you can get them aligned correctly, and it all goes back to what we talked about. It all comes back to the mental piece of the whole journey. Yes, there's totally. the other parts too, but that to me is always, I'm glad you said we need to back up because it starts with the mental piece more than anything. And this is not about deprivation. And no. I think people get get a little stuck there that yeah. oh, I'm on a diet and I, I just don't get to have what I want, but that you can have what you want and you can eat these good things you have to have some, some limitations to help you get to where you want to be. Right. I think intermittent fasting is a very cool concept and it works very well. I think in a, particularly in a situation like yours. Yep. We know it's a mental thing, but now let's kind of step into like managing your HIV or even mentally managing this whole monkeypox thing. Cause I feel like there's a lot of mental stuff right now around Monkeypox, because number one, I don't think people are, well, I hate to say it. I don't think people are doing the research. I'm not sure that they're asking the right questions or going to the right places, but I do think there's a mental piece to this as well. That's like, okay, we know it's out there. I love that you said it's, it's not going away. I hate to say it folks, neither is COVID. So get used to it. We're going to be living with this in some way, shape or form for now. But how would you, like, if you were working with a client like, okay, I really need to manage my HIV or this, like, I'm really scared about monkeypox. Again, I'm going to assume you're going to say, well, let's start with the mental aspects of this. Yes, that's absolutely where I would start. I think for me, information is, is also everything. So the CDC really, the information is actually right on the CDC website. Yeah. Uh, and I, th- and one thing I, I think is really important is people need information, but they don't need to be terrified. And when you look at the information, it looks a lot like other, other illnesses we're familiar with, like MRSA, you may have heard of this, this yeah. um, antibiotic resistant bacteria that, I mean, so many patients have it of all walks of life. And we initially saw it, you know, in, in HIV patients in San Francisco, and then we saw it in athletes sharing a locker room anyway. So, so one thing I, and then we saw it in little kids. What I really like to do is, is to try to normalize things and make things not sound so scary because that helps. But the other, then I, I really do jump to the mindfulness piece and the mindfulness piece is absolutely meditation. It's getting enough sleep. It's, it's treating your body as, as it truly is. It's something very special and unique and it's, and it's yours. It's all yours. And so to treat it with incredible respect and that's so calming. Um, And so that's where diet and exercise you know, getting your yayas out, really, you know, having, having time set aside where you are exercising in order to either, you know, create some endorphins or getting outside. So you're communing with nature so that you're also healing yourself in that way. 
it does so many things for you. It's good for your cardiovascular system. It's good for your brain. It's good for your, your endocrine system, your blood sugar, everything. You know, it's interesting that you bring that up because I, I was thinking about our interview this morning when I woke up, I'm like, okay, well, I've got a full day of coaching and then I've got an interview tonight and I knew it was a kind of, it was going to be kind of a crazy day in my coaching world. Cause I had some personal clients as well as the company that I'm the lead coach for. We had a team member who is, could potentially have dropped off today at any given time because she's about to lose a family member. And I said, if you got to go, you got to go. I'll figure out a way to fill in and we'll all hands will be on deck to help you get there. And as I'm laying in bed at 630 this morning, I'm like, and I, I will not get to exercise today. And I'm like, oh, yes, you will, because you don't start <laughs> till 830. So as tired as you are, and I was really tired because I was working with this coworker yesterday, late yesterday evening and into the night, like, okay, well, let me know if we need to do something. And of course, I'm one of those that I want to make sure I can help support any way I can. And of course, then I was in my head and I went to bed in my head about this. And then, you know, I flipped my little meditation on. I'm like, okay, we're, we're getting there. But right. it was one of those nights where anytime I did wake up, because I'm at a man of a certain age, so I'm getting up quite a bit these days. Uh, <laughs> of course, that would be one of the first thoughts. And I would, I, I told her, I said, mm -hmm. I will, you know, if I get up in the middle of the night, I'll, I'll be checking my phone. Don't, don't hesitate to text me or leave me a Voxer message and tell me, hey, I, I did. But what I found is, man, I woke up and I'm like, I'm not going to get to do this. I'm like, oh no, you're going to get your booty out of bed. Okay. You're not going to get to go swim. You may not get to go do your 10 to 15 mile bike ride, but you can sure go walk your two miles. And I'm so glad I did because it ended up not being as stressful a day as it could have been, but I can only imagine what I would have felt like at this point had I not right? that walk this morning. You it know? changes the day. It, it changes the day. The, the trajectory of the entire day until you go to sleep. What do you feel like is one of the things that's like literally stressing, I'm going to say the LGBTQ community, probably more so gay men out than anything right now about monkeypox and HIV. I don't think HIV is much of stress, but now here we are again. What do you think is the big trigger right now for them? You know, it's, it's, uh, it's being treated as, as other. It's being discriminated against that's what's that's what's happening it's being afraid to to say that you've been diagnosed with monkeypox because you're afraid of what people are going to think of you mm -hmm. i think that's the biggest issue it's this is not this is not an illness that is is going to really kill most people right it impacts uh tiny children in Africa, that's what, where we've seen like a, a pediatric population have giant problems with, with how this is presenting. This is something that, of course, we don't want it to spread, right? We, we don't want it to spread. It, it can make people feel lousy. And, and you don't want to expose somebody who, who may actually have a, a bad course. But this is something that can be controlled with contact tracing and vaccines and there's medicine so so this is something that that is more like some of the other community illnesses that that we have seen in our lifetimes that that just went from one group to another and so i i really really wish that in the mainstream media this was very clear that 
this is like MRSA. This is, this is like some other things that we've seen and we manage. And it, this is not, uh, this is not a gay man's disease. This is, this is the community where it is right now, but it's not where it's always going to be. This is going to move around. And I think that's the key piece for everybody to start to understand. Okay. Do we need to be you know, do we need to be conscious and do we need to know what we're doing? You know, yes. Initially I'm like, okay, well, I guess gay men are going to have to zip it up again. And that was my first thought, like, oh, great, here we go. But then I'm like, but is that, is that the thing? Because then as soon as it started going, well, it's not actually sexually transmitted. It's more contact. It's, you know, everything we're now reading. It's like, okay, well, and, and I guess because of my background in hospitality, one of the first things I thought is, okay, how many people sleep in hotel beds every night across this planet? Do people get this concept that is anybody actually reading what they're saying? It could be transferred from bedding and all this sort of stuff. So you really are going to say this is a gay man's thing. Now I know there's going to be certain people in a, in that really extreme part of our right wingers. They're going to say, yeah, cause gay men are spreading it in hotel rooms. now." <clears throat> Take a deep breath and like, okay, but there's lots of other people sleeping in hotel beds too. And you don't know, you don't understand this. And this is why it's frustrating when suddenly here, let's just lob this at this population. And they're the, they're the source and they're the problem. It's so, horrible. It yeah, is. it's horrible. And it shouldn't be happening. Uh, and I, I really do feel like we all have to use our voices in getting the word out about this, that it doesn't feel good. It's not right. And this has happened before. Right. And and it shouldn't be happening. It shouldn't be happening. Why is it happening in California? Right. 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 California, and New York. Shouldn't be happening here. Um, but I, but that a person here in California could go into their clinic and then be treated uh, as if they're a pariah. It shouldn't. That should right. not be happening. No. And and we're seeing that kind of stuff. Right. Uh, and that, so this and that's is, what this, causes the fear right there. Yeah, it's messaging that needs to come from everywhere. It needs to come from all of us who care about it. It needs to come from the media. It needs to come from the Department of Public Health. Everybody needs to be sharing this. Uh, it's not okay. And it's it's irrational. But the irrational is we've done this before. So th let's do this. Let's, I mean, let's, be, let's kind of be real. COVID was, again, that got really irrational really fast. Like, And then suddenly it's like, Okay, people, this is just another thing. It's like, here we have polio being found again in the sewers. Who are you going to blame that on now? You know, right. everybody has to find somebody to blame for why this is happening. It's happening. So right. can we just admit it's happening now? Let's as a, as a humanity, let's say, let's not to the best of our ability, let's not let it happen. Yes, that means we change how we do some things, right? And I've... I'm going to be real honest. I've heard a few gay men go, well, I'm not going to quit sleeping around. I'm like, okay. <laughs> Can you be a little more responsible in how we move? I mean, I'm just, I'm not going to point the finger at you, but that kind of response gives the other people the fuel for the fire right there. I don't know. I, I feel like, you know, these are, these are beliefs. Mm -hmm. These are beliefs that need to shift yep. that need that um, people that don't 
don't know a gay person, if they don't know somebody who's had monkeypox, they're they're always thinking about, you know, this person as the other, not somebody like them, not part of their humanity, right. not part of their their world. And right. so I feel like that's what has to change. Like yeah. we all have to work on our mindfulness and 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 staying calm and and focused on taking care of ourselves, mm-hmm. but we also have to focus on making sure that we're living in a world that's safe and and where we want to be and where where nobody feels like they have to hide something they're pained about or mm-hmm. dealing with, or that they can't even show up at their medical clinic to get the lab work they need. And there's so much shame around that. You know, I was working with a client unrelated to HIV or any of this, but a gay man. And he's, he's a big guy. I mean, he is obese. There's, there's no getting around that. Right. And he's yeah. like, I don't even go to my doctor's appointments. Cause what's the point that I'm so big that nothing's going to help me. And it just oh. was breaking my heart. Yeah. Because, you know, I show right. up and they're like, well, you know, we're not going to, you're going to have to go over on the, this scale because that one, and I'm like, well, first of all, whoever, whoever the medical practitioner is that said that they need to be fired right there. And then on the spot, number <laughs> one, but when he, and he, okay. I know he's in his head a lot too. And we've worked, you know, I worked really hard with him through that, but these are those shameful things that that shame didn't come from within himself. He had to learn that shame. Then he right. made that belief his own. And I think this is part of what I love about where you're coming from. It's like, we got to start changing the beliefs. We got to start changing the mindsets so that HIV wellness isn't an other and it's not stay away. I mean, I remember that. So my uncle, my dad's oldest brother was one of the very first people to pass away in San Francisco from HIV Mm -hmm. and AIDS. And so I lived through it. I lived through it. And I mean, I'm talking walking in the hospital and seeing him covered in the blotches and, you know, gaunt skin, all that sort of stuff. And it will, it will always be a memory that helps me remember Nope. There's another way to be right about this, you know, disease. But that belief was a big one. I had to come around because I was raised in a very seventh day Adventist upbringing, like gay Mm -hmm. is sinful and all this sort of stuff. But it now we're seeing like, okay, well let's remove HIV and AIDS. And now let's bring in monkeypox and let's remove that. And let's bring in gender wellness with transgenders and gender nonconforming. And let's remove it's just every bit of this is again coming back to the holistic approach of let's treat the whole picture, not just let's pick the bits and pieces that we can go. Oh, that's the cause, and this is why. And now we, you know, discriminate against you because of this. And I, I love that you're trying to help heal some of those as much as you can. So. Oh, thanks. I mean, this is something where. We have to we have to talk about it and all be in this together because there are so many pieces to this and it feels good to work on it. It feels it feels good to work on one's own health and wellness, but it feels feels really really good to look at somebody else and see them as a part of your community. Yep. And want them to feel comfortable and safe and well taken care of. And to try to get the word out and to try to help change the mindset that we have in this country. Mm -hmm. And part of it is the mindset that there's only one pathway 
to this. I mean, again, back to the lovely D word, diet isn't the only path. Right. Eating healthy is a path. Exercise is a path. But that doesn't mean you have to go out and become a marathon runner to make this happen. And again, I, I feel like I'm proof positive of watching myself turn around and going, okay, yeah, I can be back on track. And this week was a biggie for me because it's like, okay, my pool where I go swim laps at least three to four times a week, they're now shut down for the next two weeks. And my old mindset would be great. Okay, great. Now I'm not going to get any exercise for the next two weeks. <laughs> But that's not how I think now. It's like, cool. Now, I guess I'll spend more time on the bike or I'll be doing more Peloton exercises or I'll actually, you know, do a little more weight training or all those things. It wasn't okay. Well, that's done. Now, a year ago, that's actually what my mind went to. It's like, great. The pool's closed for two weeks. Now, what the hell do I do? I did drive some places and go to another pool. That was quite a significant drive from where I live. But I'm like, I'm going to do this. This year it was more like, ooh, how can I go and enjoy this? Now, of course, I'm back on the bike, which is what I love. But so one of the things I know you're developing before we like wrap up here, I know you're working on a workshop that really is targeted to help gay men and their HIV and help them really be kind of in a wellness class around their HIV positivity. Can you tell us just a little bit? I know it's not done yet, but I know you right. put it in your information. So I'd love for you to share that because there's a lovely little I word in there that you talk about. You said it a couple of times here, but it's literally about decreasing inflammation can be part of the package. So share with the guys. I know it's not ready yet, but I know it will be soon. Like what you're developing. Sure. So I'm I'm developing an online class and support group and I'm doing it with my really wonderful friend, Darren Maine, who I know is also a good friend of yep. yours. Yep. And yep. he is a, he is a yoga teacher and a coach. He's incredible. And so Darren and I are, are doing this, this class on HIV wellness, and we're really going to go through, uh, through, you know, general health and, and HIV and then different ways of, of getting to health. And, uh, and so those include some of the interventions that we've talked about diet and exercise and, and really mindfulness and, and how those impact you specifically. And really a lot of it comes down to inflammation, cutting down the inflammation in your body. Uh, and that, that is associated with longevity. And so that's what we're looking for. You know, it's going to help with getting the scale to change and it's going to help you to feel calmer and happier in your body but it's also really well associated with longevity so this is what we're talking about that's awesome. and that includes mindfulness that absolutely yeah. includes learning how to meditate learning mm-hmm. how to meditate when you're on your peloton right right this is all mm-hmm. a possibility it's interesting because so i meditate i try to meditate twice a day um you know, as I say, try, I don't like kick myself in the ass if I don't make it happen, <laughs> but I use, um, I use an app that I really love. And it's so funny. A few weeks ago, um, I use insight timer. It's a free one guys. So if you never use it, it's a really good one. And a few weeks ago, it's probably been more than a few weeks ago. Oh, it was when, when my husband and I went to Costa Rica the first week of June and Needless to say, we got some things like really crazy on the outbound flight. So we didn't end up staying in the hotel the night before we left because we ended up having to fly out in the middle of the night to get to get on the right flight to even get there. 
And I got to Costa Rica. And the first thing that I noticed the night, the first night we were going to bed, I was like, damn it. I didn't get my meditation in. I was really bummed because I was up to like 180 or 90 days in a row. And I thought, this is really, this is really interesting, Rick. This has become a big priority to you. Yes. The number was kind of the thing, but I'm like, I realized through that whole experience that we were so rattled by, oh my God, we're not going to get there when we think we're going to get there. And now they're trying to find flights. And, and so literally by the time we got through all that, we literally ran back to the hotel we were staying in, took a quick shower, grabbed our bags and went back over to the airport. My brain was so rattled. And I thought, Rick, you were so concerned, (laughs) like you had made it this many days and you didn't get the number, but you got some more work to do, buddy, because you could have slipped into a really beautiful mindfulness space and meditated right there in the airport. Granted, it was crazy. Who That was probably, the, I know that was the last thing on my mind. Like, I just want to get on the fucking plane to Costa Rica, folks. I just want right. to make sure I get there, right? But it is interesting how suddenly things like this, like even the swimming today, I'm like, or yesterday when I discovered, oh, wait, it's closed. I even, I ran over, I'm like, I have an hour. I can actually get to the pool and do at least 30 minutes of laps. And I'm like, wait, there's not hardly any cars here. I'm like, oh, it's probably that time of year that's closed. And sure enough, it was. But just the interesting thing of my mind and my body was saying, you're craving this now. You are craving, you're craving being in this kind of lifestyle now. Such don't a you find, Don't you find swimming really meditative? Love it. As a public speaker. Oh. <laughs> that is one of the places I love rehearsing my talks the most because I just swim and I'm running through my talk in my head and it's just it's so meditative and I love just being there I don't I'm not like okay I do I swim pretty far I do probably a mile when I swim but it's not like let's Incredible. go let's get I'm just like let's uh, you know and and I again guys if you're listening I think you know the holistic stuff also comes from being gentle with yourself if I don't feel like doing a mile, I do what I can, but I don't beat myself up about it because guess what? I got in the pool. I did something. That's it. That is it. You just need to do it yep. for even a minute. If you can't, yep. if you are so tired, you can't get yep. out the door for a walk, but yep. you can get out the door for, for walking down half the block and back. Yep. That is so much better than nothing. Yep. And You're I think that's it. part of, yeah, it is. And that's part of Looking at your life holistically, that's the way I look at it. What can I do? This morning was a good example. What can I do? Oh, I can get in a mile and a half walk. Okay, cool. Halfway through, I'm like, I really, I know the work needs to get going. And I'm like, no, you're not turning around. You're going to give yourself this. You're giving yourself this gift so that you can breathe and you can do what you want to do. And, you know, I had my phone in case they needed me. It wasn't like, but I was conscious of what it is. But I think part of what you're pushing in such a beautiful way is start to look at the bigger picture. What are all the different things you can do and how quickly you can change everything Mm. for you? So I'm looking forward to you guys putting this program together. I can't wait. I think that means that I'm going to have to have both you and Darren on the podcast when you guys launch the program, because I would love to see more people like, you know, get through this. And guys over 40 that are struggling, struggling, I'm doing air quotes, guys, with their well health and wellness and HIV or whatever it might be. Sometimes you just need to take a slightly different approach to see what you can do to make yourself feel really, really good. Agreed. Mm -hmm. Beautifully said. So your website is, I'm going to let you shout that out. So if somebody wants to connect with you, Jill. 
Sure. JillBakerWellness.com. Yep. Please reach out. I would yeah. love to talk with you. Yeah, as well. Thank you for doing what you do in our world and being an amazing ally and, and an amazing source of, you know, health, wellness, and positivity. And um, I'm glad we got connected. And I really appreciate our conversation tonight. Uh, thank you for having me. And guys, if you want to connect with Jill, again, it's jillbakerwellness.com. Everything will be on the website as well as anywhere that I'm promoting this conversation. And if you want to reach out to Jill, please do. And I promise you guys, we're going to have her back down the road. So take care, everyone. Have a great week. That's a wrap for 40 plus gay men, gay talk, where size doesn't matter. We drop our bullshit, get over our screwed up fears, make bold moves and live life without apologies. Don't forget to join us on Facebook at 40 plus gay men, gay talk, where the conversations continue.